0: السلام عليكم wa rahmatullahi wa Hi واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان سيدنا محمدا عبده ورسوله يقول الله جل وعلا في كتابه الكريم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون Ya ayo haladina a manu ta ullaha wa kulu kaulam sadida. You slick lakum a wa yahufil lakum the nubakum. Woman you wa rasula who faza fozan aldima. Amma badu fa in na al hadithi kitabullah wa khayral hedi hedi sayyidina muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. وَشَرَّ al وَكُلَّ مُحْدَثَةٍ Wakulla وَكُلَّ بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالَةٍ وَكُلَّ ضَلَالَةٍ فِي النَّارِ أَعَاذَنَ اللَّهُ وَإِيَّاكُمْ مِنْهَا أَجْمَعِينٌ أَمَّا بعد. Dear brothers and sisters, it is related by the great companion Rabi'a ibn Ka'ab al-Aslami Radyallahu anhu, that he was one time sitting in the presence of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said to him, "Sallni." In this very short phrase, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "Ask of me." Imagine you're sitting in the company of the best of Allah's creation, and He tells you, ask of me. What would you ask the Prophet What question, what request would you put forward? Rabi'a ibn Ka'ab al-Aslami radiyallahu anhu, he replied, as'aluka مرافقتك fil Jannah. O Messenger of Allah, I ask for your intimate company in paradise. That was his request. And what a beautiful request it was. As'aluka murafaqataka fil jannah. I ask for your intimate company in paradise. The Prophet did not say no, he didn't deny him. But he gave him something else that he had to work with. He said, in reply, "I then." He says, "If that is the case, therefore you have to read between the lines." I if that's the case, if you really want my companionship in Jannah, if that is the case, then help me. ...against your own self with lots of sujood, lots of prostration. ala bi kathratis Help me against your own self with lots of sujood. One of the early imams said that here we see the Prophet وسلم, as it were using some momentum asking Rabi'a bin Ka'b al-Aslami to assist in this process by doing the necessary work that he had to do to ready himself for that great honor of companionship with the Prophet in Jannah. Dear brothers and sisters, one of the objectives, one of the maqasid for which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Al-Habib in wasallam was to purify this ummah Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran huwa ba'atha fil yina rasulan it is he who sent to the unlettered people a messenger minhum who's from them yatlu alayhim ayati he recites unto them the verses of Allah wa and he purifies them and He teaches them the book and the wisdom. Even if before that they were in clear error. So it is a blessing from Allah Ta'ala that He sent to us a messenger. It made us from the Ummah of this messenger Wasallam who has purified his Ummah. He has purified his Ummah from polytheism and idolatry. He has purified this Ummah from disbelief. He has purified this Ummah from superstition. He has purified this Ummah from Jahiliyyah. He has purified this Ummah by making dua for it, which means that he has made dua for each and every one of us. The Prophet wasallam is the Muzakki. He has purified the Ummah through teaching them the Qur'an, the words of Allah Jalla جل Jalaluhu. He has purified this Ummah by embodying the meanings of the Qur'an and modeling the character of the Qur'an. And he has helped us purify by calling us to purification. And he has prayed for us. As Allah Ta'ala says in the Qur'an وَصَلِّ عَلَيْهِمْ إِنَّ صَلَاتَكَ سَكَنٌ لَهُمْ Pray for them, pray for the Ummah For your prayers is a means of tranquility for them And the Prophet has purified this Ummah By giving it the means of purification Giving each and every one of us the means of purifying the soul He has purified the Ummah by teaching us how to purify ourselves, teaching us the hudud of Allah, the limits set by Allah Ta'ala, what Allah is pleased with, what He's not pleased with, the things He taught us what invalidates our deeds. He taught us the things that are major and minor sins, and He taught us how to remove the effects of the sins through actions and through tawbah, all of which we've been talking about for the past few weeks. So may Allah Ta'ala send copious and everlasting blessings and peace and prayers upon Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam The one who has purified us by his care and concern and by conveying the Risala of his Lord Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala Dear brothers and sisters, this way is a way of purity And the Prophet ﷺ called to the way of purity and taught us that we have souls and that what we do and what we don't do have an effect on the purity or the impurity of our souls. This means that we have to look at our souls, what makes us who we are, the essence of who we are. We have to look at ourselves as works in progress. And we have to treat our hearts like a garden that is to be toiled, where we plant the seeds of Iman, where we tend to the soil with righteous actions and with ethics, a garden that we water with the, the water of sound knowledge and practice, with reflection and with growth so that what grows from that pure earth that we tend to becomes eventually a firm tree. As Allah Ta'ala alludes to in the Qur'an, using the analogy of the tree, wa, ثَابِتْ فِي السماة, Whose roots are firm, whose root is firm, and whose branches extend into the heavens. This is the analogy of the human heart, the believing heart. So we should look at ourselves as always a work in progress. But is it enough for us to look at ourselves and say, yeah, I'm a work in progress, and leave it as it is, without any plan to develop our souls, without any attempt to work on our souls and make it complete? The answer is, of course, no. It's never enough for us to say, I'm a work in progress, but never actually get to work on our soul. This is the equivalent of a person who sees an abandoned construction site and is filled with debris and litter and old equipment, and they're satisfied with it, and they say, it's a work in progress. If you drive along the road, you'll see areas that are works in progress at varying degrees of completion. You'll see trash, you'll see debris, you'll see equipment, you'll see all sorts of things on these construction sites. If it's a true work in progress, you're going to see some change. But it's not a work in progress if it's just sitting there for months and for years with no one actually doing work. Likewise, our souls, dear brothers and sisters, our souls are to be a work in progress where one actually does work. An abandoned worksite is not a work in progress. And an abandoned soul, where we leave it to do whatever, is not a soul that is in progress. It has stopped in its progression. So if we take this analogy of the construction site and comparing it to our soul, if we are to succeed, we have to have a blueprint so we know what exactly we're building. We have to know what the end product is going to look like, and we have to know the state of our current project, where it's at. We have to know what tools we need. How are our souls in that project of self-development? The soul as a project site, is it undeveloped? Is it lacking tools? Is it lacking equipment? Is it lacking a blueprint? Has it been sitting there for years without being touched, without being developed? These are all questions we have to ask ourselves. But we start with the blueprint. If you want to know what it's supposed to be, you need a blueprint. And the Qur'an gives us the blueprint for our soul and how we develop ourselves. Allah Ta'ala has not left anything out of the Qur'an. He says, "Ma faratna fil الْكِتَابِ بِنْ Shay." We have not left out anything in the book. وَنَزَّدْنَا عَلَيْكَ الْكِتَابَةِ بِيَانًا لِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ We have revealed unto you the book as a clarification of everything. That means the Qur'an al-Kareem gives us the blueprint for how we are to develop ourselves, how to purify ourselves and have souls that are polished and refined. So developing that soul, which is us, purifying that soul... Building that soul is the highest vocation we have as human beings. We have to be sensitive to the fact that there is far more than just this material world. We have to be sensitive to the fact that the physical plane that we are on cannot be all there is, and that this is our only purpose in life, to fulfill our animalistic desires there has to be a way to grasp at deeper meanings and transcend the world of the physical and the mundane. And that path, that blueprint, dear brothers and sisters, is the path of falah, the path of success. It is the path of najat, of salvation. And Allah Ta'ala says, swearing an oath, "Qad He says, certainly... The one who has purified it has succeeded, they have triumphed with falah, with success and triumph, the one who purifies it, who has purified the soul. This is the vocation of every single person, every single believer, to purify their souls. So what is the blueprint? The blueprint is detailed, but before we can even lay out the steps on that journey, we have to get to know ourselves. As the ulama of the past used to say, من عرف نفسه فقد عرف ربه He who knows himself knows his Lord. Meaning when you know yourself and its weaknesses and you can work to remove them and you can develop yourself, you come to know your Lord. You come to grow closer to your Lord through that path of knowing yourself and working on yourself. And for this reason, we see that our scholars have done an inductive reading istiqra, an inductive reading in the Qur'an, and notice that there are different types of souls. There are different maratid, different degrees of souls. And we have to figure out which degree are we on, and how do we get to the next degree, the higher degree, and how do we get to the one after that, until we get to the end, which is the highest degree a believer can reach. The benefit of looking at these degrees is we see where we are and we see where we can go. And we begin this by looking at the verse in Surah Yusuf. Surah Yusuf presents the story of Yusuf alayhi salam. And in that beautiful story, when the truth is made clear, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, now, there is a difference of opinion about who said this. Was it Yusuf, alayhi or was it the wife of Aziz, zuleikha At any rate, Allah Ta'ala communicates this message, which is true. That person, whoever said it, said, I do not exonerate myself. I do not declare myself, my soul, innocent and free of any blame. Because the nafs, the ego, the self, la ammaratunbisu. It incites the person to evil, except the one on whom Allah has mercy. This is the reality and this is the starting point. There are different degrees of the soul, but this is at the bottom of the rung. The, the type of nafs called a nafs al-amara bisu. The soul that incites the person to evil, the inciting soul. This is the soul that is known for its greed. All of the faults you can think of belong to it. Arrogance and conceit and pride and stinginess and showing off and falsehood. This is the ego that is drowning in self-centeredness. This is the nest that is drowning in desires. This is the nafs drowning in passions. This is when the human being is an animal dressed in flesh. This is the human being who only follows his or her shahawat, appetites. And the main attributes of this nafs is ignorance and greed and bad character and mockery and hatred and rancor. And laziness. These are the main qualities of a nafsul amara bissu, the inciting soul. This is the bottom rung. Now, this soul can a Muslim be at this level? Yes, it is possible for a Muslim to be at this level, although their iman is incredibly weak. But if they have a ray of the from the light of iman in their heart. They're still a believer, although it's very, very dim. But if they have that ray of Iman, they have to wake up. They have to seize the moment and get out of this deadly state. So the root remedy for getting out of this lowest rung is to wake up. It is to take account of the self, realize that one has hit rock bottom spiritually and to then remember their ultimate destination after death, standing before Allah Jalla Jalalu, And then they are aided in waking up by making sure that they eat the halal, that they take take an examination and critically analyze where they are in life and how to get out of this mess. And from there, they come to dhikr, where they climb out. And slowly but surely, they remove these qualities and ascend to the next degree. If a person has this type of nefs, priority number one is to get out of this state. It is an emergency state because it is at the stage where the heart may die, the spiritual heart may die. The second stage, the second degree of nefs, is the degree of so many of us. And that is the degree of, or the degree of the so-called an al-lawama, The soul that is reproachful, the blaming soul. That is the soul that blames itself. That is the person who blames himself or herself for their faults and failings. Allah Ta'ala tells us in the Quran. Allah says, Verily I swear. By an nafsul lawama, the blaming soul. This is important to understand because Allah Ta'ala does not swear an oath by something except that that thing is important. That thing is a'zim. So Allah Ta'ala swears an oath by this kind of soul. This is the soul that struggles, that falls down and gets back up. This is the soul the person who has moments of high iman and moments of low iman. They get up, they fall back, they stand up, they fall back down. And this happens over and over. But their general trajectory is good, because they blame themselves. They're not happy that they fall down, they get up. They're not happy about it, but they get back up. And they seek the pleasure of Allah, but they know that they also fail. In so many ways. Imam al-Hasan al-Basri says, you always see the mu'min, the believer blaming himself and saying things like, did I want this? Why did I do that? Was this better than that? Why did I do this and not that? They're critical about themselves. They don't say I'm perfect because they know they're not perfect. They try to be better And sometimes they win the battle against their ego, and sometimes they lose. This is where a lot of people are. And it's a good place to be, because it is a place where one is self-critical. They are aware of their shortcomings. They don't believe that they're some super pious person. If they do something that's unbecoming as a Muslim, if they disobey Allah Ta'ala, or fall into a period of ghafla, they wake up, they get out of it, and they blame themselves for it. They may have traces of that nafs al that inciting soul, but they acknowledge the truth as truth and false as false. They pray and they fast, and they still struggle with certain character traits. This is actually a good place to be in because the person is working on themselves. Now the key for being at this stage is tawbah, repenting and turning to Allah Ta'ala in remembrance of Him and taking account of the self. This is the nafs that doesn't rest easy in one state. This is the nafs that often remembers and forgets, does good and does bad, submits and evades, loves and hates, rejoices and becomes sad. There's always this ebb and flow in their life. That is the reality for so many of us. But it is a good place to be if you are striving to be better. Because Allah Ta'ala SWEARS an oath by this kind of nafs. Allah SWEARS an oath by this nafs, swearing by the soul that blames itself. So if you get up, you thank Allah Ta'ala. If you fall down, you pick yourself back up and you thank Allah Ta'ala again. Because this is the reality of the believer struggling against themselves. So we ask Allah Ta'ala to give us insight into our souls. To know the importance of treating our souls as a work in progress. Of gathering the tools needed for doing that work on the soul. That is the supreme vocation. That is the most important job you have in this life. To work on the soul. To develop the soul to purify the soul. So we ask Allah to grant us insight into our souls, to grant us honesty with ourselves in knowing the level that we're at. If we are at the level of the soul that incites to evil, then we ask Allah to give us strength to get out of that, to go to the next stage. If we're at the level of we ask Allah to give us the strength Get out of that level to the higher stage Amen. So if we are of those with اللوامة, We ask Allah to rescue it from us Amen. As the Prophet would say In the khutwatul haja We seek refuge in Allah From the evil of our souls And the evil of our actions so we ask allah ta'ala to take us from an-nafs al to an-nafs al lawama so that we're critical with ourselves and that we repent unto him we ask allah ta'ala to take us from an-nafs al lawama to the higher degrees that we speak about in the second khutbah inshaAllah ta'ala allahumma tahhir min nifaq wa min ar wa al min al may allah purify our hearts from everything that distances us from him Amin. mean alhamdulillah <laughs> rabbil alamin no sadiqus alamin alhamdulillah rabbil alamin wa aftulu salati wa atimmu taslimi ala sayidina muhammadin al amin وَعَلَىٰ آلِهِ وَصَحْبِهِ وَمَنْ إِلَىٰ يَوْمِ الدِّينِ أما بعد. Dear brothers and sisters, with real spiritual work and with success from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, تَوْفِيق from Him, one may ascend from the level of النفس اللَّوَّامَةِ The blaming soul, to the third degree which is higher known as an nafsul mulhama, or the Inspired Soul. We have at the lowest degree, the self that commands its owner to evil, the self-inciting soul. Then we have the blaming soul, and here we have the inspired soul. And this type of soul is mentioned in the Qur'an, Allah Ta'ala swears an oath by it as well. وَمَا سَوَّاهَا فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَقْوَاهَا Allah Ta'ala says, by the soul and the one who fashioned it and inspired it as to what makes it corrupt or God-fearing. This is nafsul Mulhama. and this nafs is described with generosity. It is described with resignation, resigning its affairs to Allah, wa in Allah. It is the soul that is described with trust, with knowledge, with pardoning of others, with yearning for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is the nafs that is described with restlessness, a yearning to receive the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And love of dhikr and joy with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a nafsul mulhama, the inspired soul. Why is it called inspired? The ulama say that it is called the Nafsul Mulhamah, the inspired soul, because it's not inspired anymore by ego and by cravings and by shahawat and Ahwa and dhunub, and ma'asi, all of these negative things instead it is mulhama it is inspired by allah ta'ala to live for allah ta'ala allah inspires that soul paves the way for that soul to live its life for the sake of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is also called mulhama because allah ta'ala gives it inspiration about its own nature and with that increase of light That soul is able to see with more clarity into its shortcomings and faults. Because the nafs al mulhamma is not a perfect soul. It is still a soul with sins and with faults because it's a human being. But with that inspiration, they are able to discover these faults and remove them. The most important state, the most important role for the person at this higher degree is to live according to the ethics and the way of the prophet sallallahu and uphold the hudud of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that stands true for every degree but this is their area of focus now we're talking about a road map that many of us have not traveled i do not exonerate myself or declare myself to have traversed this journey and traveled to be able to describe this from experience. But Allah describes these stages. And after an-nafsul mulhama, after this third type of nafs, the third type of soul, the fourth one Allah describes is called an-nafsul mutmainna, the serene soul. So after the soul that is self-inciting, and the soul that is blaming itself, and the inspired soul comes the fourth one, which is a nafsul Allah Taala mentions this soul in the Quran in Surah Al-Fajr, where He says, "Ya nafsul mutmainna irjii ila Rabbiki Allah Taala says, "O serene soul, O serene soul, return to your Lord, being pleased and well pleased with." Now we read these verses in Suratul fajr and we often think that this is describing that person on the Day of Judgment only. But the ulama tell us that these meanings are applied in this dunya as well. That means that you can have a nafs mutma'inna, a very refined soul. A nafs mutma'inna, not just on the Day of Judgment or in Jannah, but also in this life. You can experience that in this life. How do we know? We know this because Rasulullah told us as much. In the Hadith Qudsi, the Prophet wasallam says that, Allah Jalla جل Jalaluhu says, My servant does not draw nearer to me with anything more beloved than that which I have made fard on him. Obligatory. And after that, they continue to draw near to me with extra actions Hatta أُحِبَّ until I love him. So when that person attains unto the love of Allah Ta'ala, what then? The hadith goes on to tell us, and when I love him, I am his hearing by which he hears, his seeing by which he sees, his hand by which he grasps, and his foot by which he walks. This means... That the person is, as Imam Al Junaid famously said, they reach a stage in their spiritual development where they are billahi, wa wa That what they do is for Allah and by Allah and they are with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in closeness to Him, Jalla wa taqaddasat They reach this stage where Their whole experience of the world is mediated, mediated by their knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when they see, they see by Allah, they see the signs of Allah, and they are in the hudud of Allah. When they hear, it is by Allah, and according to the limit set by Allah. When they grasp and when they walk, it is by Allah and for Allah, and according to the limits set by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is the degree of an nafsul mutma'inna dear brothers and sisters these are the types of souls that we have where are we are we at the bottom are we at in the middle or are we striving for the top why should we know these things why bother the reason we should know these types of souls is because if we don't know where we are we won't know where we're going If we don't know what kind of soul we have, and the impediments before us, we won't know what work needs to be done. So the way of ascending, it is quite literally by putting in the work. Not just talking about it. It is very easy to talk about the types of souls, and the signs of each. And we hear something very beautiful in a khutbah, or a video, or a lecture. But it has to go beyond words beyond the momentary inspiration, and it has to be real work, actual work on the self. One of the delusions that we can fall into, dear brothers and sisters, is that we can think we've attained these virtues just by hearing about them, or just by reading about them. It's like the person who reads about the virtues of sabr, of patience, they read the ayat where Allah describes the virtues of patience and the patient people. They can read the hadith about the virtues of sabr. They can read the stories of the sabirin. And by reading these stories and reading the verses in hadith, it is very easy for a person to fall under the delusion in thinking that they have attained sabr. It's as if they've become among the sabirin vicariously through reading about it. If you read about taqwa, you don't become muttaqi. If you read about sabr, you don't become sabir. If you read about shukr, you don't become shakir. If you read about these virtues or hear about them and listen to them on lectures, they don't automatically become your virtues. They only become your virtues when you put in the work. And that work is the work of developing the soul. Alhamdulillah, we are in the month of Sha'ban. And in a few weeks, We have the golden opportunity for doing the soul work in Ramadan, which is a month of takhriya, of getting rid of the halal for a certain period of time, so that we can better get rid of the haram and the blameworthy in our life. So in this reminder, dear brothers and sisters, talking about the different types of souls, I address myself first and foremost with this message and reminder. We all need soul work. We all need taskiutun nafs, purification of the soul, striving and discipline and focus. We need sitk, truthfulness with ourselves and where we are and how far we have to go. We have to really assess where we are and the zad we need, the provisions we need for the journey. So we ask Allah Ta'ala to give us that insight to give us that truthfulness with ourselves, and to prepare us in these days and weeks leading up to the month of spiritual work, but not falling for the delusion of thinking that by hearing about it, we have attained it, or following for the delusion of procrastinating and waiting for Ramadan to do it. May it be something we start right now, in this very moment. Allahumma ati anfusana wa فأنت خير من زكاها أنت وليها ومولاها اللهم طاهر قلوبنا من النفاق وأعمالنا من الرياء وألسنتنا من الكذب وعيوننا من الخيانة فإنك تعلم خائنة الأعين وما تخفي الصدور اللهم طاهر قلوبنا من كل وصف يباعدنا عن محبتك ومشاهدتك ومحبتك ومحبة رسولك صلى الله عليه وسلم May Allah purify our hearts and remove from them every quality that contradicts our rubudiya, our servitude, and our essential nature as ibadullah servants of Allah. رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ عَذَابِ النار. اللهم صل على سيرنا محمد عبدك ورسولك النبي رمي وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا بقدر عظمة ذاتك في كل وقت وحين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين وقوموا إلى